magic is power. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I am your legacy newbie. With me this week, Mr. Jerry Me. What's up, Jerry? Not much bad. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. Uh, before we introduce our guest, I wanted to tell you guys about Hipsters of the Coast. You know, as always, Leaving a Legacy is brought to you every Friday by HipstersTheCoast.com. You can check out, hip- check out Hipsters for awesome legacy content and more. And also, if you want to support the show, you can visit patreon.com slash leavingalegacy. Uh, even a dollar episode helps us out a ton. You can set your own limits as to how much you donate a month. Um, we have some awesome rewards. We have stickers, playmats going out this week, uh, and, and more. So check it out. The link is in the show notes. Uh, tonight, our guest is Zach Cook, uh, noted Legacy Infect player, ho- uh, hot off a top 32 finish at GP Vegas. Uh, also, day one nine zero finish as well, which is very impressive. Um, he hosts Legacies Allure, uh, I guess, a YouTube channel. Uh, it's dedicated to the Legacy format, and he features deep dives on a plethora of Legacy decks, accompanied by their noted pilots. Zach, welcome to the show, man. Hey, how's it going, guys? <laughs> it's awesome. going great. <laughs> uh, kind of excited to be doing this. It's yeah, I'm, we're, I'm. I'm very excited to have you here. I've seen you at a bunch of events. I finally got a chance to talk to you in Vegas, um, and I really wanted to kind of get you on the cast and. And pick your brain for a little while. We're going to be talking about Infect today. Um, but first, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Kind of, you know, where you're from, how you got into Magic, and uh, tell us about your favorite decks. Um. Well, okay. So first, where am I from? I live in Huntsville, Alabama. That's on the the north, the Tennessee border. Um. I'm originally from Pennsylvania, but I moved down here when I went when I uh, came to college, and I got a job and sort of stuck around ever since. Uh, next question was, how did I get into Magic? So I had. I had a friend in in like elementary school. He's like my best friend, even even sort of to this day. Um, and one summer, I think it was right around the time Ice Age came out, he was like, "Dude, I just went to summer camp or something like that." And he's like, "The kids were playing this game, and I got some cards, and I got you some. You have to try it." And yeah, so like 20 years later, or however long it's been, I'm still addicted and spending a fortune on it. And that, and it just I like never really never really quit. Like I had the 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 periods of time where you kind of like you know you you bow out for a, a little bit and you you're not you're not like a hardcore player. But I think like most people, you don't you don't give it up entirely if you ever if you ever got in deep enough. You just sort of you know you 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 wave or ebb and flow with with how involved you are. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that that brings back memories because I remember how difficult it was to play a game of magic on the back of a bouncy school bus. Dude, that's right. Or like on the sidewalk outside at yep. recess. Yep. Yeah, I used to, I played like in the high school in like the lobby of my high school on the floor. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. When my when my one of my other really good friends when we were waiting, I I, I walked to school because I lived really close. But um, my buddy rode the the like late bus. It was like the second run of the school buses, and when. When he was sitting there waiting, we would be sitting on the linoleum floor playing playing magic without sleeves. Yeah, I'd love to see what those cards look like nowadays. <laughs> you just like tap your creature, and it's like you hear that scraping on the sand and oh, grit yeah. beneath the card. Oh, it's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, this, this kids is why we have so many heavy played old cards everywhere. <laughs> we were abusive sleeves back then. Yeah, yeah. had the deck together with a rubber band. <laughs> Exactly. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Jerry and I drafted this weekend, and everyone had their their deck in, in sleeves. A draft <laughs> yeah, deck was like, in sleeves. Like, oh, no, I mean, obviously, you crack the packs, and immediately into sleeves they go. <laughs> exactly. 
Um, uh, and so, so tell us about the, the decks you. So we know you play Infect now. Um, was that kind of a deck that's always been near and dear to you, or have you kind of gotten into it as time as time's gone on? Yeah, so, I mean, with regards to Legacy specifically, I I started off, a friend loaned me um, his, his Punishing Jund list. I was at, like, SCG Nashville probably three years ago or whatever, and um, I had never played Legacy, so I, you know, I, I just needed a deck to borrow. Um, and I was like, yeah, I really, I, I've always kind of been a fan of, like, kind of uh, Control-esque or, or kind of the grindier, the Jund-style decks, right? And um, I went to this Legacy tournament, had a blast. Actually went like seven and two, did really well. Um, and I was like, man, this format's awesome. And I, I I bought into the deck, not knowing that it was it was really really awful against most combo decks, and proceeded to just get like raffle stomped at uh, <laughs> at the Atlanta Open after that, and a couple others. And I was like, man, I I I didn't realize what I was doing, but I had some Force of Wills. Like I owned those, some of which might have been originals from like way back when I was high schooling, and. Um, and I was like, all right, well, I can just convert this to Delver. Those all look like good decks. So I tried those out, and they were cool. I, I liked it. Like, I, I really enjoyed those decks. And even though I haven't cast a Delver of Secrets for, like, <laughs> over two years, I, I still think the decks are a lot of fun to play. Um, but I I kept tinkering, and I was like, man, I wonder if I can build a deck. I wonder if I can, like, break the format or be, be a, a rogue. And it turns out I can't. I'm actually pretty pretty bad at deck building. I... <laughs> You recognize your limitations. That's a that's a good step to growth. <laughs> yeah, I had this deck that was basically shardless, only didn't have the shardless like combo with the ancestral visions and stuff, so it was just just strictly worse in a lot of ways. And anyway, I lost a whole lot of uh, a lot of events that I paid like forty or fifty bucks to get into these opens and classics and stuff. And anyway, one of the decks that kept destroying me at these events was Infect. Um, like I I, I honestly at the time thought the deck was incredibly broken i couldn't believe that it was still like like that invigorate and the the like infect creatures that combo was somehow still permitted to exist in the format <laughs> uh, i was like this is just unbeatable this this is like so insanely broken <laughs> yeah I was, I was i was i was i was a novice i'll admit um i, I remember thinking that same thing when i first saw stifled dreadnought i'm like how does that how does that fun, how do they let that how do they let that happen what i know and and high perspective we, we learn a lot but but anyway, uh, when I when I couldn't beat the deck, no matter no matter how hard I tried, I said, um, uh, for a friend of mine was uh, was selling some some noble hierarchs, and I, I didn't own any. And I said, all right, well I'll buy into those, and I pretty much had the rest of the deck minus the berserks, and I was like, all right, well I'll just give it a try. I'll I'll, I'll play this deck and see what it's like. And within a few test games, I was like, all right, well this isn't actually as broken as I thought it was. And and like a lot of my opponents nowadays, I think I was more scared of of what the deck can do than what it like typically has in hand. Like people are more afraid of that deck of the deck than they probably ought to be, but that's yeah. an easy way to steal wins. So I, um, I like to I like to call it the dredge effect where yep. there's just these decks that have this reputation and you build this reputation up in your mind and it becomes this like big scary monster. And it's like in the movies, it's like when you can't see the monster, that's when it's at its scariest. But as soon as yep. you see it, you're like, ah, oh, that's kind of disappointing. <laughs> oh so yeah, because it's like a terrible rubber mask yeah, and like, like the blood's all like corn syrup and stuff. Yeah, Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, some decks definitely have a reputation and they definitely earn that reputation. But once you kind of get into the nooks and crannies of the deck and figure out how it works and how you can counteract it, it doesn't seem as, you know, deep and menacing anymore. Right, yeah, and then, then that's basically what it was. Once I was on the, the, like, side of the table as the monster, I was like, all right, well, I'm not really that scary, and <laughs> I'm, this I'm isn't just, so bad, but... 
I'm not evil, I'm just misunderstood. That's right. <laughs> Frankenstein just needs some hugs. Yes. He just wanted friends and everybody saw saw a monster. That's all there was to it. But anyway, yeah. Then... Did he strangle like a child in that movie? <laughs> we don't worry about that. You know? They saw a monster. <laughs> um, so yeah, but anyway, the yeah. Frankenstein of magic is what we're getting at. In some ways it is, yeah. Really, legacy anyway, yeah. yeah it's the boogeyman. little girl once. I saw it yes. <laughs> Um all right, cool. So so obviously we're going to be taking a look at Legacy. Uh, sorry, I didn't fact this week. Um it's a Legacy Sable. I think it's a perennial tier 1 1.5 deck. I mean, uh who was it? Uh Clay Spicklemeyer took it to uh a win in GB Columbus, I'm not mistaken, last summer. Yep. And you you had a great a great run uh, and a top thirty two finish at the GB this year. And just looking at your tournament reports, like you've had quite a few finishes over the years. So um, uh, first of all, that's that's excellent. Congratulations. But I think it's just a deck that can just get there at any kind of any kind of time. So let's uh let's kind of go over the deck here. You also can't you can't talk about Infect without mentioning the boss Ross. Well, of course, yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll get to Tom Ross later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying what what I what I mean by that is. I feel Infect is a much more difficult uh, deck to play than people realize. Like, they look yes. at the deck and it looks very linear, and they're like, oh, it's like a blue-green burn deck. You mm-hmm. just cast a bunch of spells until your opponent's dead. But I feel the lines of play of Infect are very difficult, and the fact that while Infect puts up numbers and results, it's usually the same people putting up yes. those results, yes. I think is very telling to the fact that Infect is a very difficult... It's, it's an easy deck to play, it's a difficult deck to play well. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah I think it, I, actually, in, in a lot of ways, um, it is a very appealing, like, looking deck because it appears so linear. And a lot of the people who who don't give enough or don't put enough reps in, they they, they quit before they've figured it out. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you do you look at it as like a? Because I've heard a lot of people say Infect is like a combo deck. In a lot of ways, like Burn, it can be considered like a combo deck. Do you feel that way as well? So I I think in like like um, philosophically, Infect is actually a tempo deck mm-hmm. that happens to have a combo kill. Mm-hmm. I can it, it, see that. It, it, it's actually more of like a a Delver deck. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it plays a lot like those. You're 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 tempo oriented. You're trying not to overextend as best you can. Um, the, the 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 combo kill, the like the classic uh, Invigorate Berserk kill, is actually. Um, not what you want to do with the deck a lot of the time because because it, it it is that's that is the overextension when you when you go all in on the combo and then just get blown out by like a lightning bolt or or a swords of plowshares or something like that that's when you get yourself in trouble. Um, it what the combo kill gives the deck that traditional Delver decks don't have is a way to to beat some of the a some of the combo that 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 sort of gives Delver a hard time, like, like maybe, or I hate to call it combo, it's more like prison, really. The prison decks that normally destroy Delver decks are um, actually pretty good matchups for Infect because you have the potential of just, like, turn two, turn three kills that Delver decks can't, like, can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I feel the combo lends almost a psychological advantage to the deck because, especially games two and three, players know that they need to be prepared to deal with the combo, so it'll encourage them to keep, uh, or, you know, to a mulligan, you know, if they open a hand and they don't have a removal spell, you know, they're going to think long and hard about actually keeping that hand. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. it's going gonna, it's gonna to encourage them to mulligan more often, 
it's going to encourage them to keep subpar hands that do have that answer, uh, but maybe don't have a win condition, just allows the infect player to build back up. And it just lends to the infect player's tempo advantage by your, before the game even starts, you're putting your opponent on the back foot. Yeah, I think, I think it actually scares people. In some ways, it scares them the same way a deck like Lands does, where like the like nut draw out of Lands is nigh unbeatable, and people will like mulligan incorrectly looking for like I have to have a surgical or I have to have you know a force of will to stop a crop rotation or something like that and like even lands like is not that consistent they don't have that hand but like maybe five percent of the time and infects the same way but but you're right people are just like they play scared and and that's a huge advantage when you're when you're playing I mean any deck having your opponent play scared is is like incredible leverage in the match yes Mm -hmm. absolutely all right, awesome. Um, so let's go down the deck list real quick. I have your, I have your deck list from uh, the Classic in Louisville uh, from from May of 2017. Um, and you said this is pretty much the same 75 as what you ran in Vegas, correct? Yes, I I debated a few changes for Vegas, but ultimately um, just ran the exact same list. Yep. Awesome. Um, all right, so let's just go down the the creature package first. Um, so you're running four Glistener Elf, uh, four Noble Hierarch, four Blooded Agent. And one Viridian Corruptor. Is this pretty like typical for the most infect most infect lists you'll see? Uh, uh, for the creature suite, I mean, the yeah, Corruptor well, I haven't yeah, really the Corruptor. Seen much. I'm, I'm interested in that. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, don't, the Corruptor, I don't think I've ever seen this card before. Um, Viridian Corruptor main is is still not the norm. I, I I started doing it a lot during the the Eldrazi, like before Miracles got got axed, and Eldrazi was a was a much bigger portion of the metagame. Um, and, and just like Chalice decks, um, I, I liked having the main deck Verdian Corruptor there um, as, as sort of an out, because cause you have no other way to deal with a uh, a turn one Chalice other than trying to counter it. And I mean, counter spells are a good answer to a lot of things, but like it was nice to have the main deck Corruptor. It also um, coincidentally has like a lot of good utility against decks like uh, Death and Taxes or things that bring equipment, the, the like Stoneblade decks, mm-hmm. um, which are not incredibly bad matchups, but there are times where, like, you don't, you know, game one, you don't know what you're playing against, and they, like, they get the turn two stone forge, you, you don't have any removal, so you can't deal with it, and then something like a, a GTA runs away with the game, so having the main deck out to it just always felt really nice, and and I I go back and forth between having it and not having it, but, but for this event, I, I was still sort of on the Corruptor plan, yeah. And it's worth noting that you do run a, a single Green Sun Zenith in the, in the deck, so you are able to search for it. Right, yeah. So I effectively get a second copy of Corruptor and all the all the green creatures, or like a fifth copy of Elf and Hierarch. Um, and and actually, uh, if, if, you know, why we mentioned it, Green Zenith actually has has double duty at beating Chalice decks because not only can you get your Corruptor to blow up the Chalice, you can also get around a CMC one and still cast CMC one creatures with uh, uh, Green Sun Zenith with you know because the CMC on its two then when you go yep. for a one guy. So. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point. I'd, I'd also like to point out what I think is funny is that the noble hierarchs are 100 times more expensive than the rest of the creatures in the deck. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like $2 for Glistener Elves, $2 for Bladed Agents, $0.30 cents for Viridian Corruptor, $261 for a place set of hierarchs. <laughs> Good lord, wasn't that reprinted? <laughs> yeah, oh man, it's it's kind of brutal. I, uh, I, I don't, anybody who saw the, uh, the Grand Prix Vegas stream, I was like the round. 13 feature match I think and the commentators were all hating on and so was the Twitch stream coincidentally hating on some of my alters I have a lot of my a lot of my deck altered nice. and um um I that that weekend I purchased um from from SCG had a booth there from 
uh, a, a new set of Noble Hierarchs, like a second set, because I want to get them altered, but I like to have a duplicate of everything I have altered just in case the the judges, you know, nix my, my altar. Sure, yeah. Yeah. And um, holy cow, I found out I didn't realize they were so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Are your altars like art extensions, or do you do like Star Wars characters on them, or...? So um, they they are a mixture of how they're done, but they all have a like um, Mesoamerican uh, like Mayan or Aztec theme, with uh, sort of like this like blood magic witch doctory thing going on. Oh, did you have sweet. inside information about what the next set was going to be? Oh, with the uh, the invocations. No, or, uh, no, excellent. Oh, Excellent. oh, that too. Yeah, no, no. I'm sorry, sorry. I got comments. Or I saw comments on the Twitch feed about how um, they they thought that I had based my altars off of the invocation border because some of the borders on my cards kind of look similar to the the invocations, and uh, it, it's it's a little hurtful to hear that or to read it on the Twitch feed because I've had my altars done for like two years now. And <laughs> oh man, that uh... ooh, actually. Maybe this is just my brain forming meaningless connections, but I almost feel Ixalan is like a jungle plane. Snakes live in the jungle. Maybe we'll see Infect back in Ixalan. That's my prediction. I'm calling it now. (laughs) I'm pretty sure (laughs) Rosewater has put it way up there on the storm scale that it may may not make a comeback, but man, I'd love to see some more. That'd be great. The the good thing is that it's known as the storm scale, not the Infect scale, so there is a chance. There's a slight chance we'll see it again. You're saying there's a chance. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, all right, awesome. So getting into the uh, the spell suite here, you're running two copies of Berserk, uh, four Brainstorm, a Crop Rotation, Flusterstorm, uh, two Gitaxian Probe, one Green Sun Zenith, two Ponder, which is a card that we actually have questions on we'll get into later, um, mm-hmm. a Spell Pierce, three Vines of Vastwood, three Days, four Invigorate, <laughs> three Force, and one Become Immense. Um, anything special in the, the, the spells package you kind of want to touch on, Zach? Um, well, one, like kind of abnormality in the main deck of pretty much anything is the the one of Flusterstorm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I used to run, like, some, you know... It was always a counterspell. It's typically always a counterspell. But I've fluctuated. Sometimes it's, like, a fourth force. Sometimes it's another spell pierce. I've even gone so deep as to, like, play, like, a stifle or something mm-hmm. like, like, like Tom Ross used to do. And um, the Flusterstorm is actually more of a concession to the metagame shifts, like... There's more Delver, and against them, like, when you get into a, a removal, like a fight of pump spells versus removal, Flusterstorm mm-hmm. is sort of the trump or the, or the yes. king of that. Yep. <laughs> and even before uh, Delver got an uptick, um, Flusterstorm was a really good card to have against Miracles, because it was it was a counterspell that you could pretty reliably use through a counterbalance, and it, it, it was, like, again, the trump if you got into a counter war, like, say, over a Terminus or something like that. So mm-hmm. I... I've I've fluctuated on like what that card was, but I've been really happy with the the one of Flusterstorm just as like a an unexpected gotcha because pe- people yes. will play into into like oh well if he has a daze and a, or a force I can, I can play you know I can play around that I have my own counter spell but mm-hmm. nobody beats a Flusterstorm. Yes, I've definitely gotten blown out by Flusterstorm because I play a lot of Blue Red Delver and playing against Infect I've definitely gotten blown out by a Flusterstorm or two so uh, mm-hmm. yeah, can, it's it's excellent against fair decks for sure. Yep. You, you, you wound me with the three dazes, though. It hurts. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I've, I've actually... A lot of people have talked back and forth about that, and I've, I've had, like, the conversation with, uh, like, like someone like Bryant Cook, who's, like, really big into the number-crunching aspect of, of deck building, and why would you ever play a three of when, you know, like, four has to be better if you really want it, and two or one is more correct if you only, like, occasionally want to see it. And I don't have a really 
like good justification for why they're threes other than that's what Tom did. So I did it when I first picked the deck up. And mm-hmm. I have tinkered with the numbers and never been convinced that either going down or up made like the different made it made the deck more of what I wanted. Like it has always worked really well with three of each. So I've just continued doing it, but I don't have. It's all anecdotal. I don't actually have any number crunching to back that up. It's it's like your lucky shirt, you know. If you win the game every time and you're wearing that same shirt every time, don't fix what's not broken. Exactly, and don't wash it. No one at the tournaments will notice anyway. Exactly, no one will notice. It's like until you can you can you know lean it against the wall and it will stay standing. <laughs> that's exactly. that's when uh, that's when it's good. <laughs> well, it's uh, like it's like uh, like doing the the hypergeometric math. I was actually talking to Emma Handy about that the other day and how much of that like look at that SAT you, word hypergeometric yeah. math. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you want to wrap your mind around that, but no, no, but a lot of that stuff I think becomes internalized after you've played a deck for a long time and. It becomes, you know, even though you may not know the math, it becomes kind of a gut feeling you might you might have about a certain card. So, I can definitely see that uh, playing a part. Um, all right, so we got... I, I, uh, if I can interrupt, there's there's Please. actually going to be some questions either either on Facebook or wherever, like about uh, this because I have I have two ponders in this list, mm-hmm. and that is that is definitely not the norm. If you go to like the source and look at their like sort of stock list or or most lists that are on like the MTGO leagues and stuff, most of them will run. One as kind of like your fifth brainstorm, um, but I I have gone up to two and at times debated going to like three or four of them. Wow. Um, almost always at, uh, at the expense of Gitaxian Probe. Like mm-hmm. I, I I like Gitaxian Probe, but I feel like in a lot of ways it's kind of a training wheels card. Mm-hmm. Like oh, thank you. Thank you. It, th- I mean, I mean, I, it, it, I literally like at least once a week I post that in the in the uh, show intel Facebook group. Someone's like, "Hey, what do you guys think about uh, Gitaxian Probe?" And I just feel like a broken record. So it makes me yep. feel so nice hearing someone else uh, validate that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Gitaxian Probe is is an incredibly powerful card. Don't get me wrong, and and it's, it, it's it serves modern for a reason. Yeah, and deservedly. I I mean, I can go off on an entire tirade about how I think I should be banned in Legacy too, but. Um, I, I think what it does, like the effect it it has, is not uh, broken per se. It's like not too good for legacy. It's just no fun. Like mm-hmm. part of part of like casting counter spells and getting into fights on the stack is not knowing the entire content of your opponent's yeah. hand. <laughs> and like I think um, like it, it acts like training wheels. Like like mm-hmm. if you can't ride a bike but you have training wheels, you can sort of pretend to ride a bike as well as someone who who doesn't need them. <laughs> But if no one had training wheels, then the people who couldn't ride bikes would it would be really obvious in a, in a hurry. So like the the I, players who like need to know when to play around stuff and how to play around it would would like you would see that real quick. They would rise to the top, I believe. Mm-hmm. I, I had a great idea. Now I want to get a set of Gitaxian probes altered, <laughs> displaying various uh, like big reveals and spoilers from movie history. Like have one be like Darth Vader, I am your father. <laughs> Uh, and Rosebud like, was actually a sled. Yeah, Mel Gibson was dead the whole time. <laughs> uh, there you I go. This, I need to get this done now. <laughs> I like Gitaxian probes because it's a free pump for my prowess, guys. But yes, I yeah, can I see. mean, there's some decks where that's valid. Like Gitaxian yeah. probe makes some sense in more decks more than others. But in mm. decks like Show and Tell, and also I guess Infect, not that I'm speaking from any experience, is that it does really feel like training wheels. That yeah. once you're at a certain level of comfort with the deck. You just don't need them, and there are better right. cards to run. Slots. Right, cards that actually do something. And, and and that's that's my issue. My like championing for the card being being banned in in a, in a nutshell is 
for the decks that use it like honestly, it's training wheels for the most mm-hmm. part. For the decks that don't use it honestly, it's so incredibly powerful that I don't I don't actually know if that's fair. Like mm-hmm. like decks like Storm that get to use Gitaxian Probe as like a free a literal free Storm plus one, know exactly how to cabal therapy, all that stuff. I think that's that part is like way beyond fair. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then in a, in a deck like Infect, it's like, yeah, I only play this because I want to know when I can go for it. But if I if I like really thought about it enough or had like an extra three minutes to crunch the numbers, I would know to go for it anyway. Mm-hmm. Type thing. So. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. <laughs> um, all right, so let's get into the land well, package real quick. Wait, well, I had a question. Hold okay, hold Jerry. No, no, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Well, right, maybe break out the idioms again. <laughs> no, don't do that, Jerry. Also, it was the Bruce wagon Willis. The is right around the corner. It was also Bruce Willis who was dead the whole time, Jerry. It wasn't Mel Gibson. Uh, I that's saw true. the wrong movie then. <laughs> <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't see that twist ending of Braveheart? He was dead the whole time, man. <laughs> Uh, mm. the, my question was uh, Berserk. Berserk, when I think of Infect, Berserk is a card that jumps to the floor of my mm-hmm. mind. And mm-hmm. I haven't really looked at an Infect list in a while, uh, so I'm surprised that you're only running two. Uh, you know, just with my ignorance of the deck, I would have it would be a four of. So, Berserks are terrible in multiples, typically. Like, like you're not, you know, you only need one to get a kill almost every time because cause like you're combining it with another pump spell, or that's what you're, that's what you're going for. It's also only well, I mean, without outside of like rare exceptions, it's also only good with another pump spell. So like drawing a berserk without an invigorator, without a vines to like to to fuel it, it, it actually is pretty anemic because like it kills your creature, it doesn't kill your opponent um, usually, and it just like so it's it's not something you want to see um, in every hand and especially not in multiples. Um, then on, on the flip side, it's kind of a necessity because it's one of the only ways the deck can get a turn two kill outside of like drawing multiple redundant invigorates or something like that. So it, it it's actually a poster child of the the like rule of two, where if you want to see a card at some point during a like a game, you should play two of them. Mm-hmm. But if you if you want to see, but then they you know the rule of thumb is always like if you want to see something at if you want to see a minimum of one every game, then you should play three or four. Mm-hmm. And if you only want to see it in extremely rare cases, then you play one. Or at least that's how I've I've seen it described yeah. in some yeah. some like strategy yeah, yeah, articles. And um, Berserk uh, is okay. one of those. Oh, uh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I guess because it's such a memorable card, usually when Berserk is being cast, the game is over. Right. Uh, right. To associate it more with the deck than it's yeah. really you know deserving. Yeah, and and I think people remember those kills a lot more than how the deck normally kills you because like the berserk kills are are like surprisingly few and far between. At least I, I for me they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, have you used berserk to kill a Grizzlebrand before? That's the real question. <laughs> not not to kill a Grizzlebrand. No. <laughs> the I have problem seen with trying to do that hilarious. is. That, <laughs> yeah, I, I've never been able to do it because the the number the, like the, you take so much damage and they typically have already drawn so many cards that like you can't get the darn thing to resolve. Now, a good a good example of like what you can kill with a berserk is things like um like Elish Norn because that that's a really common one out of like Reanimator. They'll like reanimate an Elish Norn and then you have no outs because every one of your creatures dies, but they insist on attacking with it instead of just letting it sit back until they can set up, and uh, and that's how you get them. Yeah. Uh, it, wait, like I, literally, you have no outs, none at all. <laughs> I thought the creature doesn't have to be attacking, though. It just has to be cast before combat damage. Right. Yeah. So, so you, you have to wait until they attack with it, so that you can sort of get them. 
Um, well, but... can't you just cast it in your first main phase? No, oh, no, no, no. The creature has to attack in order to be destroyed. So, like, you you can oh, only cast it before that's combat. That's part of missing. Oh, yeah. so you can still target. It just can only it is only destroyed if it. Oh, that that's what I was missing. Move that's a lot gotta... of text. That <laughs> <laughs> last I I usually get bored and stop reading by the time I get to that part. You're like, oh, I'm just dead. Okay, <laughs> next game. What <laughs> what's ridiculous is like the old like um, unlimited alpha beta versions. Like the 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 text is 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 it's like reading Chains of Mephistopheles. It doesn't make any sense. Like you can't you can't. There's so much text there for what it does. And and the the really crazy part is they like they like updated the templating and tried to make it more modern in the like uh, conspiracy reprint. And it's still just a mouthful because like trying to take what they originally wrote and make it modern is still just it's absurd the way they had to like template it. Yeah, <laughs> it's before it's before they learn the lessons of like you can't put too many qualifiers on a card. Like too yeah. many qualifiers just makes it so like only cast this before combat, and it only kills the creature if that creature like I don't need to be checking like five different boxes in order for this card to do something. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's kind of like how how Force of Will reads, where like it's like a huge wall of text that means nothing, and it's really just counter target spell. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, the good old templating days. Like I, one of my favorites still is the sorcery speed counterspell from uh, Portal. That's the best. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. A sorcery with flash. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's because it they didn't have instants; they only had sorceries. But they wanted yeah. a counterspell, so <laughs> that is also a wall of text to make it work. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, just go over the land package real quick. Uh, single forest, a uh, playset of Ink Moth Nexus, three Misty Rainforest, one Pendlehaven, uh, four Tropical Island, one Wasteland. I love the Miser Wasteland in this deck. Uh, three Windswept Heath and two Wooded Foothills. That's that is a really stock mm-hmm. land package for yep. for Infect. Nobody, uh, I mean, the, the only variance you'll see typically is um, if if people are trying to squeeze a Savannah main to, to free up a sideboard slot, they typically drop the basic forest, which. I have my, like, thoughts on whether that's good or, like, whether the basic forest is necessary or not. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's a concession, obviously, to decks like Blood Blood Moon, basically. Like, it's not even a concession to Wasteland decks, because, like, you're never fetching fo- basic forest against those decks mm-hmm. anyway, un- un- you know, unless really extreme circumstances. It's really just a combat Blood Moon, and in my experience, Blood Moon is so bad if when it resolves that even the basic forest typically isn't enough that, that there may be some merit to just nixing basic lands entirely. And then, like yeah. you noted, the the, the one wasteland is is sort of a, a a toolbox piece that I tried cutting, and then after getting wrecked by lands enough times, I realized how important it actually was. So. No, nothing nothing will make me regret not playing wastelands in a deck more than Inkmoth Nexus. Like even more than like Dark Depths and Thespian Stage. Like it, when I leave my wastelands at home, when I play against Infect, I'm miserable. <laughs> That's good. Usually, oh, yeah. Actually, thanks. Uh, that, that, that's a really good point, though. Um, one of the reasons that against decks like Delver, Delver decks or, or Death and Taxes, one of the reasons you don't have to fetch your forest and you can fetch your traps is because nobody uses their wastelands on your on your duels anyway. They yeah. save all of them for Ink Moth Nexus, so like your mana color wise is going to be great. Like they're never gonna they're never gonna try and color screw you. It's always this is a removal spell land. Right. How do you how do you do you consider that being like the right the right play or do you think that taking you off of mana is more important in this deck? It's <laughs> it's it's hard to to say like like there's definitely times where it would have been correct for my opponent to to try and color screw me or cut mm-hmm. me off of of my like colored sources 
but um, I don't fault anyone for not doing it because, like, the deck has Noble Hierarch, so, like, you can get around color problems really easily. It's, you can also get around Mana Screw really easily because of Noble Hierarch and, and like, things like Invigorate being being free to cast. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really hard to say. Like I said, I don't fault people for not doing it, but there are certainly scenarios where they probably should. It, it may be it may be like a deck to deck type thing. Like mm-hmm. like Grixis Delver should probably try and color screw me more because they have like access to so many flying blockers and lightning bolts and so on. But then like all you have to do is shift one color or and, and go to like Bug Delver, and I don't think they should ever wasteland my traps because they have no answers to Ink Moth otherwise. Or, right. or at least until Fatal Push was printed, they didn't. So like right. it was really wrong of them to do it. So case I, by case. I, I also feel when I usually lose to Infect, I'm usually losing to Ink Moth Nexus because. Pretty much all decks have ways to deal with creatures, or at least, you know, normal creatures, so mm-hmm. you'll use your, your Swords to Plowshares or, um, you know, things like Pyroclasm and Wipe the Board, but the fact that Ink Moth Nexus uh, just gets to turn back into a land means it dodges so much removal, like mm-hmm. playing playing uh, Sneak and Show, it's like you board in your, your Pyroclasms, yes, you wiped their board, but their Ink Moth Nexus is sitting there and it's going to kill you on the crackback, or... Yep. When I was playing Esper and I wasn't running Wastelands, you know, I had Jason Liliana, but it didn't matter. I couldn't get rid of the Ink Moth Nexus. Yep. So I, I definitely feel Ink Moth Nexus gives it that, that little extra push uh, mm-hmm. for the late game even. Oh, yeah. The deck, I, I mean, the deck wouldn't be a deck without it because, like, y- you absolutely have to have a threat, like a sticky threat, one that, like, won't just die on their turn on their terms. Like, you have to... You need it in some matchups as, like, the threat where you get to be the one who's dictating the terms of engagement. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. also, the last thing you want to do against Infect, um, this was I, one of my, like, breakthrough moments when learning how to play against Infect, was kill their creatures on your turn. Yep. Like, most people are taught in their, you know, stages of playing Magic that it's better to use a removal at the last possible minute. Mm-hmm. You know, save that lightning bolt for their attack step so in case they... They, uh, you know, have a pump spell or a counter spell that you get max information. That's totally counterintuitive for Infect because the last thing you want to do is try and remove it on their main phase because the thing that they're using to protect it is usually also making it bigger and therefore making it much more easily to kill you. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And and, uh, in the early days of the deck, you got a lot of free kills um, by that, like, flawed logic or or that sort of... um, uh, root, uh, what's the word for it? Uh, it's like a mnemonic. You just remember to always do it this way, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and and it's definitely not correct. You're right. You should you should uh, ideally remove it on my end step so that you can then untap and do stuff. Or uh, if that's not an option, do it on your own main phase. Because yeah, doing it on on the during combat is like the worst possible time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually it's something like lightning bolt. I feel um, you can't really do it on the end step because the creature's usually already been pumped either with mm-hmm. you know noble hierarch uh, buffs or you know some will run pendlehaven. Oh yeah, you actually are running a pendlehaven. Yep. So you know a pendlehaven plus a noble hierarch will put a glistener elf out of reach. So people were like, oh, I better lightning bolt it before it gets the buff. <laughs> You're like, yeah. nope, that was the bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, also, speaking of targeting things, especially Inkmon Nexus, I do love that you're running one of my favorite sideboard cards in Tefiri's Response. <laughs> yeah. Such a spicy card. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure when we when we cover the full sideboard, we'll get to that one. But yeah, that, that is a, a pet card through and yeah. through. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, let's, we, we, let's can, we can jump ahead. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm the type that eats my dessert before my vegetables. So. <laughs> 
Teferi's response, one in a blue instant, counter-target spell or an ability an opponent controls that targets a land you control. If a permanent ability is countered this way, destroy that permanent. Then draw not one, but two cards. <laughs> I think when we had Blake on to talk about the lands episode, and he revealed this from the original, like, rug lands list, uh, I now own some foil copies of Teferi's response <laughs> after discovering it. <laughs> this card's so sweet. <laughs> It, it's awesome when it works. It's it's incredible. Do you have any you have any good gotcha stories with Teferi's response? Because I'm sure they're glorious. Oh my god! Well, actually, uh, yeah, I have I have a great gotcha story because it was on video. Um, <laughs> if you if you uh, search SCG Indianapolis, the uh, round 15, I played against Noah Cohen um, from Nerd Rage Gaming, and uh, he the, the the commentary is is Cedric and and Patrick. So it, so it's it's great, and Patrick goes off on a rant about how this card is such a designing night or a templating nightmare, and it never should have been made this way, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he's talking about how uh, how if you've never seen the card before, you don't understand the gravity of just like what it can do. And of course, of course, turn one, Noah thought seizes me, sees it in my hand, doesn't seem to understand exactly what it does or how it works. Takes takes my brainstorm and then like three turns later tries to murder his cut my ink moth nexus and gets insanely blown out by it. <laughs> oh my god! It's like it's a three for one. It's a legit yep. three for one. It's super good. <laughs> oh yeah. It's super good. I mean, and and the, the like. I I used to I used to keep a a notepad file on my computer at work of like the the permanents I had destroyed with the various response. <laughs> Some of, some of them are really awesome. Like, like have you ever th- imagined destroying Umazawa's Jite with a Teferi's response? Because I have. Oh, oh. <laughs> I like that a lot. Uh, see, or, I feel or, like I've been looking for a deck to take advantage of Teferi's response, and I just feel ink, like Infect is the perfect one, because what other land do you want to kill more than an Ink Moth Nexus on such a consistent basis? Oh, yeah. C- Creature Lands is the only way to like make this thing, make this card justifiable in your list. <laughs> Uh, now I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play. Uh, what is it? Uh, land, land still with four main deck to fairies response. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, with the Mishra's works or whatever they're called, Mishra's factories. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yes. Uh, Grim Lava Mancer was another really good one I managed to get one time. Because Grim Lava Mancer is a hard card, hard card for this deck to beat. But yes, yeah. when, when they shoot your ink moths, <laughs> take that burn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Teferi, Teferi does not take lightly to destruction of land. <laughs> uh, just picture, I, not, I picture like Captain Planet re- riding in to rescue your land from the evil polluters. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean the art on the card is 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 horrendous. I, I don't even know what what that's supposed to be. It's like Teferi looking at land. Like <laughs> it's like a napkin. Someone had something. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's run down the side yeah. real quick then, because there's another sure. one in here I want to talk about. Um, so you have a copy of Blue Blast, Flush the Storm, Graft Digger's Cage, Hydra Blast, uh, one Nature's Claim, one Pythene Needle, one Spell Pierce, a Surgical, Sylvan Safekeeper, Dissenter's Deliverance, which is a new Amonkhet card, which we can talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have the Sylvan Library, Teferi's Response, uh, your fourth copy of Force of Will, and two copies of Submerge. So, Dissenter's uh, Deliverance... Wait, just couldn't couldn't think of a 15th card to run? <laughs> Had to run 14 originals, but two Submerge? 
Yeah, well, I mean, in, in some ways, it's it's a little redundant. Like, Hydro Blast and Blue Blast are kind of the same thing. You just do it to avoid Cabal Therapy or whatever, but mm-hmm. there is no there is no other version of Submerge, I guess. <laughs> I just really wanted to see that 15-line sideboard. I've done it. I mean, yeah, like, but <laughs> not this time. No. So, Dissenter's Deliverance is the one in a green for an instant. It's a tr- destroy target artifact. You can also cycle it for a green. Uh, did this push out... Another piece of artifact hate in your sideboard, or did this? I mean, how did this come to come to be in this deck? So it, you used to run Crozen Grips. Usually, you had two, um, one or two. But I, I usually ran two um, to, to, to fight miracles. But you you, sure. know, you got you got free slots now because because miracles, or at least counterbalance, is in a deck. Yes. Um, so you don't have to be able to beat that. Um, and that was really the only enchantment that you like wanted to fight over. Um, you you can make the argument that like Blood Moon's really bad for the deck, and having answers to Blood Moon would be would be really good, right? Like having enchantment removal, which Descenders Deliverance doesn't do. But like I I sort of mentioned earlier, Blood Moon decks and the card Blood Moon is so hard to beat anyway that mm-hmm. I try and like lean on the counter spells more. Um, I did make a slight concession by adding the second uh, Blue Blast effect, mm-hmm. sort of as like a backup to to fight Blood Moon. But like most um. Most other enchantments that, that see any uh, regular play actually aren't that big of a deal. Um, even a card like Humility is not actually a huge problem mm-hmm. because Ink Moth still has Infect even under a Humility because, oh, okay. of, you know, because of the way layering works. So like, um, even if they're coming at you with a four mana enchantment, you're not like like Humility. You're not just you're just not worried about it that much. Mm-hmm. So so really, I was I was fine giving up the ability to destroy an enchantment on on my K Grip and replace it with Descender's Deliverance. Because not only is it is it um, basically the effect I want for a mana less, but also it comes with cycling, which like there are definitely times where like you're stuck with this disenchant effect in your hand, and you would just love for it to be literally anything else. Like it could be a land, it could be a, a pump spell, a brainstorm, or whatever. And like being able to just cycle it away either early or late game when you know you don't need it is is really awesome. It also makes it super easy to board in in matchups where you aren't certain if your opponent's going to have artifacts th- that you care about. Like mm-hmm. there, there are some matchups like, um, like, like, well, shardless isn't as popular as it used to be, but I guess sort of the the Leovold style decks have have replaced it. There are there are times in those matchups where people board in things like an extra baleful strix if they already have one or two and they're bringing in a third, or they'll bring in like Umzaz uh, Jite, but you can't you can't know for certain that they have a thing like that. So you bring in the Descenders Deliverance sort of on the off chance that that's a card that they're going to have, and you have stuff you want to take out anyway, so having this as like an option to get is great, and if they don't have JIT, or if or if you're at a point in the game where it wouldn't matter, you just cycle it away, get a new card, it actually does like everything I want, and it costs one less than K-Grip, so it's just it's just perfect. Yeah, that seems very good. Um, I just like I love to see new cards make their way into the legacy format, even if they are on the sideboard. It's always always great to see. Um, yep. Was there anything else on the sideboard you kind of wanted to go over before we got into some of the the generics of the deck? I mean, the other so 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 the Sylvan Library is definitely like a holdover from the days of miracles. I actually um, think I shouldn't have had it in my sideboard at Louisville. That's the one card that I was like not convinced I sh- I should have been running mm-hmm. um, out of the seventy five. Like I was pretty pretty cemented on the rest of the seventy five um, from from Louisville to into the GP, but um, Sylvan Library. Uh, I wasn't, and I I debated like swapping it with something else. I just I wasn't confident and didn't get to test enough with anything else, so I sort of went with what I knew, and it was it was definitely wrong. Like I I could have 
definitely had something else. I'm not even sure exactly what I would have mm-hmm. liked to have had in the slot, but that slot was basically wasted. I, I, I boarded it in maybe once, never cast it. It was just, just a disaster, or yeah. like a, a, a pseudo-disaster, if you can call it that, sure, <laughs> for yeah. a tournament yeah. that went that well. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> the other the other card um, that, that I get a lot of eyebrows um, from is Sylvan Safekeeper, and this card, I, I forget the gentleman's name, but he, he was I saw it, him running it at... Um, the uh, SCG Open in Washington, D.C. about a year and a half or two years ago, and um, I wasn't immediately sold on the card. I was like, well, this this seems like what Vines of Astwood does or what um, what uh, Spellskite does. Like, mm-hmm. why, why, does, why Safekeeper? Because Shroud is definitely like a downside compared to Hexproof or, or sure. Vines' suit of Hexproof. I was like, why Sylvan Safekeeper? And then I thought, well, what the heck? It's only like a uh, like $2 card or whatever, so... At the GP Seattle Tacoma, um, I, I bought one and and like last second, like on a whim, which is not something I usually do. I threw it in the sideboard and swapped it with something else. And I was like, all right, I'll run this. I've got Green Sun, so I can I can definitely try it out in in some of these matchups. And the card is awesome. When, <laughs> like the matchups where you want it, it is so good. Like Delver decks, like if you resolve him and have some spare lands, nothing ever dies ever. Right. Right. And that's just awesome with Blighted Agent and stuff. I, d- I just didn't realize how, how good that combo was. You know, you don't have to have pump spells if they can't ever kill your guys. Because, yeah. like, they're all two-plus power effectively anyway, and your, your clock's just better. So, it, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he's awesome. W- way way better than I realized. Nice. Yeah, it seems like, I mean, just from playing, like, Blue Red Delver a lot, my bolts and my chain lightnings, all my removal spells are so sacred in, the in like, the Infect matchup. Like, Having one of them just count, basically countered by Sylvan Safekeepers seems like a huge blowout. Yeah, and that's in addition to all the pump spells I get otherwise. Right. So, like, right. You, you can really walk people into some awful scenarios where they're just, like, removal, and you say, oh, well, I'll, I'll pump it, you know, I, you know, like, I'll invigorate my guy, and they say, oh, I'll burn another one, or I'll counter your thing, and it's like, all right, well, you know, I got more cards out of you than you wanted, and now mm-hmm. I'll just sack a, you know, sack a fetch land. Yep. You know, you, yeah. you you may you may only maintain card parity, but you're just like eating their hand apart at, right. at the cost of virtually nothing. Because you know, a lot of times, like I said, the deck's so mana efficient, you only need to have one or two lands anyway. Mm-hmm. So if you draw like one or two extras, they they just become shroud fodder, which is great. That's pretty awesome. Um, are most infect uh, decks typically running 19 land? Yeah, I think 19's pretty pretty much the standard. Um. You know, Tom Ross was big for a while on running like a singleton Dryad Arbor. I, I think that was during the time when like Liliana and and Shardless decks were more popular. So it, it was nice to have like a, a sacrificial guy, and, and you know, it counted as a land, but it wasn't really. But otherwise, 19 has pretty much been the standard for a while. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So why don't you tell us a little bit about? Uh, I mean, do you want to talk about Vegas at all? Or sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Thanks. you had you had a fantastic run on day one of Vegas, and even in, into day two, finishing in the top thirty-two of the uh, of the tournament, which was a big legacy tournament, like over twenty-five hundred people, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, so why don't you tell us about how kind of Vegas went for you, sort of where you see the meta now that we're kind of in the post, you know, uh, Sensei's top meta game that we're in. Right. So um, right out of the gates, after after I heard about the top ban, my I, you know, you, your your mind wanders and you start thinking, well, where where's the meta going to shift? What what's going to be good? What won't? And my initial thought was, you're going to see uh, the resurgence of Storm um, because there'll be less hate for it. Eldrazi should die off to some degree because um, Storm was, I mean, not a Storm uh, Miracles was arguably it's like the reason it it thrives is it like had such a good Miracles matchup and was decent against a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so Eldrazi should wane, and then anything that 
previously was somewhat kept down by miracles should also come back, right? Like, like Storm was not only kept down by miracles, but also Eldrazi. Like, Storm was just taking a beating. But, like, when miracles gone, it should come raging back, I thought. And then and then the other decks. Like, so you should have um, the Delver-style decks um, pretty much of all shapes and sizes. And and, and I, I believe that did happen. Like, you saw lots of Delver come mm-hmm. back. Um, and and then some of the, the like, creature-esque combos. So, like, um, uh, decks, decks like um, Elves. Should should make a comeback because like they, they don't have there's no wrath anymore right? right and that that's like what keeps those decks in check and anyway uh, fast forward to Vegas and the results from like online and the limited like uh, in in real life tournaments that have occurred sort of indicate that that, that is what happened um, Storm I don't think came back quite as much as anyone expected but otherwise Delver was way up um, Elves was notably up um, and then and then of course um, some of the decks that might prey on that kind of stuff, like Death and Tax. Well, I guess that doesn't really prey on Elves, but like on on Delver, Death and Tax is you know is like a really really strong matchup. For, uh, like it's a it's a good it's a good deck against a Delver. So um, I expected that to come back, or to, to, no, sorry, not to come back, but to to rise in popularity, and it, and it did. I, I saw a lot of Death and Taxes players day one um, at the at the Grand Prix. So mm-hmm. when I looked looked at that, and and I mean. I wasn't going to change decks. Like I, I was going to play Infect probably no matter what, because that's kind of how a lot of Legacy players are. But mm-hmm. I felt like as long as the majority of the Delver players, especially day one, were were not Legacy aficionados, like they didn't play it with a lot of regularity and get lots of reps in, that my matchups overall looked really good then. Like mm-hmm. lot Elves is Elves is a good matchup, and Death and Taxes is is nearing a buy like it's got to be close to like 85 or 90 percent for infect infect just destroys death and taxes Mm -hmm. so if those were going to be two of the like really popular decks along with delver decks piloted by like less experienced players i felt like infect was was a great was a great choice for me um in addition to the fact that like it's what i was probably going to play no matter what but and um and yeah that as a result then um my, my tournament sort of sort of showcased that um I don't know if you want to do like the re- the play by play like the round by round uh, recap, but well, yeah. But, so what did you? Well, just kind of a broad overview. What did you see a lot of that day? Um. So, uh, day one, I actually didn't play any Delver decks. Um. I saw them all around me, but yeah. I just kept running into all these other decks that I expected to see. Right. So oh, like, I played like Nickfit. I think I played um, Elves once, Eldrazi twice. Mm-hmm. I think I played Sneak and Show twice, and then um. And then, like, I think my last round was Merfolk. So, like, these are all matchups, uh, with the exception of, of Sneak and Show, that I think are, are pretty positive for Infect. Like, they're, they're good they're good matchups. And, I mean, these are decks that can all, like, beat up on Delver. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm the Delver deck with the combo kill, which is, like I was saying earlier, like, when you get into a matchup that's bad for traditional Delver, having a combo kill just, like, gives you the outs, and that that's all it took. Like, the, there was a, a fair number of games where, like, they were almost non-games. Like, against, like... Um, like the uh, Eldrazi decks, like if they don't have a really like like oppressive start, like Chalice into Thought Not Seer into Reality Smasher, they're typically too slow and non-interactive to beat like a Blighted Agent off of a Hierarch or a Blighted Agent with a pair of Invigorates. Like they just can't stop it, and they die to that before they can kill you. So, okay. Day one went went great, and then and then like I said, I had the two Sneak and Show matchups, and they were um, nail biters. Actually, every time I played Sneak and Show at the GP, it was nail biters. But and I've said this to a lot of people before. I think that po- that matchup is ever so slightly in Infect's favor. If you like pilot it perfectly, I think you've got like 
52% against Sneak and Show. And, and I think the only thing that gives it that edge is your combo, like the threat part of it, um, doesn't require another spell to resolve. Like, you can literally just play an Ink Moth Nexus while holding up permission until you're set up and, like, mm. chip shot them, whereas they have to get into that huge um, spell counter war at some point. Right. And and that gives you the, the like, slimmest of margins to have, like, or to have an edge on them. And that, that's, like, and basically that was every match of, of uh, Sneak and Show I, I played. I lose game one because I, like, have spells that don't, that aren't counter spells, and then games two and three I've just got, like, a grip full of counters and a threat they can't fight over. Yep. So. Okay. Um, and then day two, um, you obviously finished the top 32. How did ta- day two go for you? So day two started off really well. I played Sneak and Show round 10. Uh, like I said, another nail-biter, but I got it at the end. Um, eleven, I played Around 11, I played Team Redelver. Um, it, it went to three games, and my opponent kept a... Uh, uh, like I think he molded to six and kept a pretty shaky hand. Like It was like a one-lander that like needed a... a uh, ponder or something to resolve mm-hmm. and my I th- i'm pretty sure my turn one play was like something like uh fetch land pass mm-hmm. so when he went for the ponder i just i just snap spell pierced or, or whatever it was to, to counter it yep. and and that was basically the whole game he never saw another he saw that wow. one land the entire game and and i beat him on the back of that basically um round 12 was the new miracle i played sam sam rukas or Ra- mm-hmm. i'm not sure how he says his name rukas i think yeah. um he uh that matchup is surprisingly similar to how it was before counter, before top was banned, mm-hmm. where like you still rely heavily on Ink Moth to get the job done, but mm-hmm. it does get the job done, and not having counterbalance weakens them enough that like your 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 um uh, cantrips are really good even in the late game. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we we got there on that one, and then and then after round twelve, when I finally got my feature match, uh, everything fell apart. I played Blue Red Delver the the. The footage is is on on uh, Twitch, I think, or on YouTube somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it um, it did not go well. I I didn't. I don't. I've rewatched the match a bunch of times, and I, I don't know if I could have done anything differently. I, I'm not convinced that I would have known to do anything differently. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, Delver's a tough matchup, and my yeah. opponent there was was really. I mean, he finished second. He he was just really good at what yep. he did. Yep. Um, round 14, I I played against uh, Lincoln Baxter, uh, who you guys had on the show recently, and. Um, I think overall, lands style decks are actually pretty solid for Infect because your your, your combo kill is just fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time Lincoln and I have ever gotten paired against each other, I have mulliganed in, like a, uh, into oblivion uh, every time, yeah. and this was no exception. Like this is like the third time we've played in a tournament, and without exception, I mulligan to five like two games in a row and lose. It's just That's awful. Brutal. So <laughs> I'm waiting for my chance to like to get him. But and then uh, and then anyway, the last round I played Grixis Delver, which is Definitely the worst of them for for in fact they just have way too much pressure from every different angle and yeah. uh, my opponent was like a gold level pro I think his name was Sam something or other but anyway he 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 dismantled me in a hurry and uh, yeah. I had three consecutive losses to to miss out oh. on the top eight so brutal that's brutal but still a top thirty two finish at a tournament like that is absolutely something to be proud of that was a very very impressive run you had there oh yeah thanks I, it was. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I and I, I like at the time, obviously, I was a little disappointed with how it sure. went because like you're so close, and then just everything everything seems to like evade you. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, in hindsight, yeah, twelve and three is is that's, awesome, yeah, and amazing. I would, I don't <laughs> complain. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, that's great. Um, awesome. So, um, tell us a little bit about. So we kind of talked about some of your matchups there. Um, what do you feel like are the biggest strengths of of the Infect deck? Like either against the current meta or just as a deck in general. Like. 
Is it? Do you find it to be a very resilient deck? Do you find it to be a deck that has a lot of like you know gotcha situations, or people might not know how to play against it? I mean, to a to a newer player, most legacy decks have have some pretty good gotcha moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Infect is definitely one that not only can they gotcha, but you can't come back from it. Like because mm-hmm. typically when they got you, that's just when you die. Like, yep. They they got you because you played like you played into a pump spell or you didn't play around a vines and um and yeah you 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 get punished all the way to a game loss. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so, so anyway, you're, uh, as a as an archetype or as a deck, um, uh, regardless of the the meta or the field, I think Infect is a is a very flexible deck. I, mm-hmm. I think it has a lot of different a lot of different um, things it can do. Um, it, it can play like a combo deck. It can play very tempo oriented. And if you sideboard, you know, a certain way and, and are anticipating it, you can even play like pretty grindy with the deck. I would say. Not, I mean, you're still you're still tempo-ish because you still have to kill them before they get too much of a board. But it it feels like you're grinding them out because like you can you can literally just hold back your permission and your pump spells at, and use them all as counter spells, like to just just thwart all of your opponent's um, efforts while just like I said you just chip shot them you hit them for like one or two with a blooded agent every turn while they they scramble to come up with answers that that you just you just can't mm-hmm. um, now and, versus yeah. this I was gonna say the specific meta um, in fact I think is not really any better or worse than it was before miracles left okay. because you have more good matchups, but you also have more Delver matchups, which is like arguably the the worst. I would say the mm-hmm. the Delver matchups just are like they're better at being Delver decks than you are because they are actually the Delver decks with the removal and like a little more permission, mm-hmm. and you're you're trading off some of that for this like combo potential, which Delver decks are traditionally very very good against combo decks. So mm-hmm. you're kind of like a weaker version of what they do. So it it stands to reason that they they win that that fight a lot more often, but. Like I said, you also have more elves, more death and taxes. Mm-hmm. You know the decks that fight Delver, and, and you're good against them. So, so in some ways, you're just playing the the matchup lottery, um, yep. and and your your positioning's about the same. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right, so, what kind of players do you think are like kind of drawn to the Infect deck? Like, obviously, <clears throat> we were talking about earlier before we started recording, but modern Infect players might like to port to the deck. But, um, you know, what kind of what kind of Magic players do you think would enjoy the Infect deck? Well. Uh, before I definitely would have said that modern infect players would 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 um would like to transition to this or, or gravitate towards this type type of deck. Now, unfortunately, I don't think there are any modern infect players left because everything they do has been usurped by this this uh, Grixis Shadow deck. Like it, it like looking at it, and I don't I know this is a legacy podcast, so I won't talk too long. But but in modern Grixis Death Shadow the or or the any of the Death Shadows really do basically what legacy infect does. Mm-hmm. Like they are a a really really big uh, unstoppable threat combined with a whole lot of really good disruption, and and that's why I don't think you see uh, infect in modern anymore. Is that like the Grix? It's not necessarily that things like uh, Gitaxian Probe got banned and that Fatal Push got printed. Like those are bad for infect, but I think mm-hmm. the deck would still exist despite them. But it's actually the fact that Grixis Shadow is like everything infect wants to do only better. Yeah. Like it just does it more efficiently. So like, mm-hmm. there's no reason to play Infect because Death Shadow is just better in almost every in every you know situation. Okay. Um, now, as for what should or what type of player um, would would like to to transition or what type of player would like Infect, mm-hmm. I think um, people the people who are drawn to it initially um, 
look at it as like a combo deck. Like mm-hmm. they, they like that aspect of it, and those are the ones who quickly become sort of disenfranchised, I think, with the deck. The ones who end up sticking with Infect and really liking it and, and succeeding with it are the ones that uh, then realize that this is actually a tempo deck mm-hmm. with with a combo kill. Like as soon as you get to that understanding and you you find that you enjoy that, like you like playing tempo decks, but you don't want to just lose to lands, you know, 75% of your matches, then then Infect becomes your thing. It's also, uh, I think, a deck for people who who like to gamble some. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm really, I really, I, I, you got I really do think now. that. <laughs> I think that's why um, Tom Ross was both really good with the deck and why he continued to play it for so long, or why he still mm-hmm. continues to play it for so long. As, um, like, like someone in the uh, Facebook comments earlier said that uh, T- Tom's originally from Louisiana, mm-hmm. and I know at one point in his life he worked as like a dealer at at the casino <laughs> down there. So like yeah. Tom is 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 like a gambler or, or or has that sort of that vibe, right? He he knows yeah. how to he knows how to play some poker, and it is a deck that rewards people who can like read their opponent, get a gut feeling about what their hand kind of is, <laughs> and then exploit that. Like you yeah. go all in when you know they're bluffing. And, and you definitely get a huge advantage from that. It also is a deck that benefits tremendously from bluffing. Mm-hmm. Like, making your opponent believe that that Berserk is just just around the corner. As soon as you slip up, it's going to kill you. And and getting them to like buy into that, that thought, that's how you, you can steal so many games you don't deserve because they're just convinced that if they <laughs> if they ever, ever let their shield down, they're going to die. That like That's the moment they're going to die. <laughs> okay, all right, awesome. Yeah, that. Uh, so the, the gambler is the prototype. Le- leather jacket necessary to play the deck? Not necessary. No, I. I mean, t- Tom has done a lot of work with it, so I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't question his his attire. But me, I'm more of a uh, uh, shirt and tie. So I, yes, I like to call it. I like to call it cheek I, dork. I thought it was. I thought it was come for the combos, stay for the leather jacket. That was, that's how it works. Yeah, I know. I I've, I've I've been questioned if I if I was going to go down that road, and I I mean I I don't know how Tom did it because like I live in Alabama and Louisiana is even worse, and it is hot. really hot down here. How do you wear leather in this weather is, is beyond me. Even in some of those convention halls, they get they can get a little bit steamy sometimes. That's true. Yeah. No. Yeah. I I, I mean I'm, I'm dying sometimes just wearing a tie, but. I don't know. I like to, especially if I have a, a chance of getting on camera. I don't. For some reason, I just feel like I have to dress up for that. Yeah, maybe it's like my grandma still harping on me to like brush my hair and shave and stuff. Like, gotta look good for the camera type thing. I I, I definitely I definitely dig that um, for sure. <laughs> I, I wear the Leaving Legacy shirt because we have them, but otherwise I might I might wear a nice polo. I don't know if I go full tie, but I can respect that for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it, yeah. I, I, again, I don't want to preach too much, but like. There was a period of time where, like, I was watching a lot of, of coverage, like, especially SCG coverage, because that's, you know, what I played the most was the Open series, but but just events, period. And, like, there's definitely, like, a stigma about Magic players and their attire and hygiene, but more their attire, but more their hygiene. But, and, and like, I don't know, I, I mean, I feel like it's it's not necessarily true, but there's definitely some validity to the stereotypes. Like you, de- like you know why they're saying that and where it's coming from. And I just, I don't know. I, I don't want to be like the elitist and say, oh, I don't want to be part of that. But, but at the same time, like I would prefer to change people's opinions be, and be the change, right? Yeah, right. you, you can't, I mean, you can't like stere- stereotypes are bad, but 
they don't just come out of nowhere. Like they're right. like <laughs> they're they're there you we all know they're there are the jokes. You go to the events where, you know, there there's a funk in the air. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Like take a shower, tuck your shirt in. Yeah. Like the, yeah. I mean Imger was like blown up by all the like the like crack gate or whatever it was called, and oh, that yeah. only existed because <laughs> it was true. Like Yes. I mean there's, there's photo, evidence. <laughs> photo evidence. Photo evidence. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. So before we get out of here, we actually have some really good questions for the Facebook page. Uh, you up for answering some of them? Yeah, sure. sure. All right, cool. We'll do like a uh, rapid fire. Um, I'm gonna skip Stevens because Steven is always trying to get me to play Doomsday on Magic yeah, Online when, when I stream. Start. <laughs> it, it it's already faded into the back of my memory where I feel like it's been happening since the it's, beginning. Of it's time. been a, it's been a little bit. Like I, one of my you know off, a lot of times I'll ask people what they want to see me play on on Magic Online. Lately, it's been a lot of uh, bug depths. But um, but he wants me to play Doomsday. I just don't think I'm ever gonna play that. So we're gonna move on. Um, Scott did ask about uh, Green Sun Zenith, and I know you're running the one of in the deck. Um, and obviously you feel pretty strongly about that. Yes. Yeah, I I, I like having it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is the question specific or just Green Sun Zenith? Yay or nay? And that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Yeah, Green Sun Zenith. Yes or no? So I mean, I think I think the the card um. It is definitely like a a more fair game plan where like you're you're trying to to um, in, increase your redundancy at the cost of speed, right? So like you're a little a little less quick on the kill, but you have more redundancy, so you're less likely to have these like really up hands or really down hands. Um, so, but th- that said, I do not think you should run it without the like one ofs package. Like you should have Viridian Corruptor, you should have Sylvan Safekeeper, because like the the consistency it gives you isn't enough. Like, that isn't enough merit on its own. You have to have these, like, silver bullets and ways to really, like, take advantage of that tutor effect before mm-hmm. I think you should run it. But, that said, like, I do think it's it's a really valuable piece and it adds a whole lot to the deck. Okay. Awesome. Um, he also just says, uh, ponder, question mark. And you're running two two in the main deck here. Uh, but how do you feel about ponder as a card in the in the deck? Right, so like I was saying earlier, um, I, I run two, which is really abnormal um, amongst the you know sort of the consensus uh, stock build of the deck, and and like I said, I, I I would I would like to run more. I think mm-hmm. I think Ponder is a much much better card um, than than Cataxian Probe in, in the Infect deck. The only two hesitations I have are, or the reason I haven't gone full board on it is. Tom never does it, so, okay, so there's multiple reasons, but one of them is Tom has never done it. If yep. Tom played four, if he dropped probes and played all ponders, I think you'd see a lot more people adopt it real quick and not even question it, mm-hmm. um, me included. Um, also, um, I still sometimes want those training wheel moments. Like, I really like when I have, like, the opener with everything I want. Like, it's like the perfect six-card mulligan, but it also has a Gataxian probe. Mm-hmm. Those hands feel, like, unbeatable sometimes, and, and, and an extra ponder in those hands... May not give me that same level of assurance. Like it's really, sure. it would be really awesome to like look for another invigorate, obviously, like or, or whatever like thing I think I need to kill them. But just knowing what thing I need to kill them could be is sometimes just really, um, it's comforting. Okay. Um, all, also, the the fact that uh, this doesn't come up often because you only have one delve spell in the deck. But the fact that Gitaxian Probe is free and the deck sometimes does struggle to get threshold or not threshold, but like get to threshold style sure. numbers quick enough yep. for, for the for the become immense delve. Because you don't um, you don't fetch as often. Like you play cards like Ink Moth Nexus that, that don't actually fill your graveyard quickly and that kind of stuff. So like it um, it, it, 
it does serve that function, although I don't I don't think that's necessary enough. I like okay. I think Ponder would be better, and I think Ponder's a great card in the deck. Okay. Um, and Dominic did ask, uh, and we kind of t- touched on this a little bit, is it really so bad in the current meta, or is it paradoxically better since no one is expecting it? And you think it's kind of kind of medium right now, right? Like, it's not any better or any worse than it was, say, pre-Miracles being in the dominant deck? Right, yeah, because because the good matchups increased, but so did the bad. Like, Miracles left, and the void was almost 50-50 filled by good and bad matchups, so I think you're pretty much sitting where you were before. The the one... Um, the the one caveat I would I would add is that like when 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 a a deck or like when there's a major meta overhaul like when a deck gets banned something something that's really ubiquitous well which I, I would argue still miracles was not ubiquitous but it, the results are in and it looks like the ban was still healthy for the for the for the format mm-hmm. um, so we're not we're not going to debate that but when you have something like that happen like a deck leaves you want to play proactively. Like mm-hmm. you want you want everyone else to be trying to figure out how their deck should respond to the meta. If they want to play controlly or grindy or whatever type decks, you I think want to be playing the decks that ask all the questions, not the ones that need to provide all the answers. And in fact, I think it's very good at asking some tough questions. So like nice. those decks that aren't refined, they will suffer when you show show up with a deck like Infect. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. And Joshua asks. Uh, have you ever considered splashing a third color, and maybe what for? Yeah, I mean, I've I've done it. I've I've played the white. The, the white splash is pretty much the only thing you ever see in Infect, and and the reason being, um, because Noble Hierarch makes white mana anyway, so yep. it's almost a free. You, like, you don't even actually have to splash. I mean, you do. You you run a Savannah, but you don't mm-hmm. actually even need it. Most games you never fetch it, even if it's in your deck, because Noble Hierarch takes care of it. And the the benefit to it is. There's a couple. One, you get really good yard hate. So, like, you can run Rest in Peace, which is yep. just awesome against decks like Lands. Um, some of the Reanimator-style decks just, just crumble when you, when you have a card like that. And Surgical Extraction doesn't really do the kind of work that Rest in Peace does. Mm-hmm. You also actually, you actually get real removal, which is, which is one of the biggest deficiencies the deck has, is you have no removal to speak of that, that it's like the quality you want. You don't have a lightning bolt, you don't have a, a fatal push, but you can run swords to plowshares if you, if you play white. And, mm-hmm. and it, you know, it works double duty. Not only is it a, is like the best removal spell probably ever printed, but also the deck doesn't even care about it. Like, life gains irrelevant, so like, it basically just reads exile a creature, that's all that matters. And that's, right. that's really awesome. The awesome. the downside in from my perspective is you do get into some like shaky fetch scenarios where you have to decide should I get the savannah now is this hierarch gonna survive how likely am I to draw one of these white cards that I've I've just barely splashed in mm-hmm. um, and it, I think it's really meta dependent um, the, the white splash has its like matchups it's better against and then the stock blue green lists have the matchups that they're better against and. I think currently the 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 way the the meta has been going away from like there's a lot less lands than there was like a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. um, and that I think is the biggest reason to do it. it. I think the the stock lists are better, but I wouldn't I mean I wouldn't fault anyone for playing what they like or what they're comfortable sure. with. Awesome. Um. All right. So let's see. Uh, Josh asks about Berserk as a removal spell and how I didn't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> first and foremost, it's your combo kill piece. It yeah. has this like alternate it's like it's like a uh, charm berserk yeah. charm where like every once in a while it's like it's kind of like how Orzhov charm works it says like take a whole bunch of damage kill a creature and you do it but i would i would never look at berserk as a removal spell 
like in my hand. It yeah. would just be like coincidentally I caught that as a <laughs> as a thing I could do. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's not that's obviously not the uh, the mode you're using it for the most. No, 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 no. <laughs> the, the the card and, and we didn't we didn't really like mention it much, but like Berserk is like you said before, it's like the card that everyone fears the most or is like most uh, like like uh, burned into their mind or their memory from the deck. Yep. And in my case, it's most frequently the card boarded out. Like okay. I board out I board out Berserks in tons of matchups because like it is more than anything. Like it's it's worse than Force of Will at getting you two for one or three for one or whatever. Sure, yeah, so like yeah. I take Berserks out all the time. The only the only times you have to have Berserk is when you absolutely need a super fast kill or want as much potential for that as possible. Or where your opponent is like going to like you absolutely can't get through like like you don't have enough evasion like okay. when they have when they have like baleful strix or something you just I despise that creature but like you have to get over him <laughs> yeah, or too. through him <laughs> yeah um otherwise yeah like 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 if I'm playing against some of the like the delver decks I I don't ever keep berserk in because like okay. that you're like I said you're just asking to get like three for one when you do that yep. um and and your your game plan should not be combo kill it should be like to outgrind them or to have like this this like my guy can't be killed sylvan safekeeper pump spells protection <laughs> grind him out yep all right um okay so let's see uh kevin did ask about the white splash in the sideboard which we kind of already covered um mm-hmm. and splits on days forcible which you sort of covered um was there anything else you wanted to kind of talk about when you when you're looking at having days and forcible in your main deck i mean you've got the the sort of classic um delver approach to where like when you're on the draw the forces are better the dazes get a lot weaker mm-hmm. um the only the only caveat to that I would say is that in infect be, because your counter spells are not there just to stop what your I mean literally they are there just to stop what your opponent does but yeah. they are there as like a form of of offense for you mm-hmm. like you it's kind of like how a uh, deck like high tide works where like your counter spells are as often making your thing happen as they are stopping your opponent's thing from happening mm-hmm. so like in that in that way. Sometimes even on the draw, days is a really good card because like your opponent just like they can't afford to tap out near as much, and and they they have to respect the fact that days could be there, and, and you want it you want it to be like an option occasionally. So like even on the draw, dazes are are something I, I tend to keep at least one or two in. I I, I almost never board all of them out because okay. like you just you just want to have offensive counter spells. I guess is a, a way of coining it. Okay. Uh, Isaac asks, "Stifle or no?" I think we can all agree Teferi's response is just a, just a better magic card. <laughs> yeah, for, for what you want to do with it, yeah, hundred um, percent. There's also the like, like I know, I know Tom was big on the Stifle because it's sort of like a gotcha card, and and like once once people see it, they get scared and try to play around it. But like honestly, I feel like that's that's too much cute, not enough like utility. I, I would rather have like another ponder or like a fluster like in my case the flusterstorm where like mm-hmm. it's not just cute but it like always works. Fl- flusterstorm does what I want it to, how I want it to every time. So uh Braden asks Tom Ross, up to no good or infect god? Uh t- I mean <laughs> I had someone say to me the other day after after the GP because because Tom wrote an article and like he was talking about like here's the state of of infect in legacy blah blah and he he referenced my list from the classic. He was like if you were going to Pick up the deck. I would start with Zach's list, and I would, mm-hmm. and like he was, he commented. This guy commented to me on Facebook. He said, "Man, even Tom's looking up to you now." And I was like, "No, I don't think that was his intent." And <laughs> no, I don't think I'm better than Tom. And Tom's like, he's not, he's not coming to me asking for how to play the deck or any of that kind of questions. Um, but uh, but no, no, Tom's a real deal. Like uh, he, 
he has he has more results than than I may ever get uh, with with infect and other decks. So my, my <laughs> results are like exclusively infect. So don't, he, he's he's definitely he's definitely a, a very good player. And and uh, this is this is his deck more than mine. I just I just adopted it. <laughs> All right, awesome. Um, Celso uh, had a question about the leather jacket. And you have a Louisiana Sling Blade accent, but you already answered that in the chat, so we'll move on from there. Once again, uh, Celso is always there to troll the chat when we have it on the Facebook page. Um, here's a good one. How often uh, do you kill someone with the Noble Hierarch beats? Um, I would say, like, once a tournament. Those those big events um, my, my, at, at uh, Vegas. Like, if you have, like, a 15-round event, like, so, so at Vegas, I had one Noble Hierarch kill. It was actually one of those... Um, Sneak and show matchups mm-hmm. where like I walked into a Kozilek's return, which I thought oh. was going to be game ending. Um, yep. But my top deck was a Hierarch, so I said, "Well, let's do this now." And like seven turns later, he was dead. I, like that. <laughs> it happens. It turns out he had no action. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, Jerry, <laughs> Jerry's our, uh, our our sneak and show aficionado on the cast. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, have you ever? Do you ever play Modern Infect? I actually have never played it, and um, I mean not in a in a tournament setting. I gave it I gave it a test run uh, when I when I first like you know was trying to get a little more serious about playing modern, and um, I actually chose not to play it not because like obviously it was a good deck, arguably better in modern than it was in legacy, especially at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I couldn't get into it because the decks, even though they share a fair number of cards, are like actually kind of kind of worlds different. Like I mm. feel like. In in modern, Infect was a was a combo deck through and through. Like you rarely tried to grind your opponent out. You were like forcing as many pump spells as early and quick as you could because you knew that the the counter spells just like didn't exist. Right? There's no force of wills to have to worry about. There's no dazes, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So you were you were much more aggressive with your and, and you had more more pump spells as a result. Right? Like you don't have counter spells, so you just play like. Might have old Crosa and the landfally one and all those like you have all these pump spells to make it happen as quick as you can. Um, whereas in Legacy, it, you're more of like a tempo deck, right? You have you have really good cantrips and you have counter spells, so like you don't actually have to have as many pump spells to get to get them when you want them, and you don't. And then as a result, you're not like required to use them as quickly as you can. So I, I just didn't like how the deck played because it it wasn't what I was used to, which was Legacy Infect. So like. I, I couldn't transition into it, so I, I started looking for for other something else to play. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, all right. So, do you just as a side note, do you still play other uh, formats besides Legacy? I I play Modern some. I, I haven't played Standard in forever. I, I, the last time I like really enjoyed Standard was uh, the the Theros. Uh, what do you call it? Theros RTR era when everyone says that Standard was terrible. Mm-hmm. I loved it because I felt I thought it was like playing Legacy. Like, you knew all the decks, you learned every matchup through and through, all the decks were, like, stupid powerful, like, the, the, the ones at the top tier, they all had, like, these really busted things you could do, like, Thought Seasons and Muta Vaults and awesome stuff, um, and then since then, I just, like, have struggled to find, um, like, what I, what I like about it, and I, I can't, I can't keep up with how fast the format changes, um, so I don't play that much, but in, in, like, Modern's case, I found that that was a format that, that, it's not legacy, but it has some legacy, like uh, aspects, and and the thing about it that I liked the most was you could like pick a deck, stick with it, get really good with it, learn the matchups. Not maybe not every deck, but every archetype, like what you're going to get paired against. Um, and it it wasn't it wasn't as fun, but it was still pretty fun. 
So I, I play some modern when it when it's like convenient, um, but but for the most part, no, I I, I stick to legacy and and I do that as often as I can. Yeah, nice. Um, all right, two more two more questions. Uh, how often do you win with damage instead of poison? You said pretty much like once once a tournament essentially. Yeah, it's well, it's rare. Like the the. Is there any I mean, way to win with damage besides noble hierarchy? <laughs> Uh, if you run Dryad Arbor, or no, no, Sylvan Safekeeper, you can you can definitely do it with Safekeeper. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> Those Sylvan Safekeeper wins. <laughs> Beats. Um, and I mean, it's 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 actually uh, a thing. Sometimes you attack with your Sylvan Safekeeper just to like play around edict type effect you know one of those like edict a guy who's attacking type of like you get some goofy scenarios where like he does a lot more than you want him to but but no you're not trying it's rare that you're actually killing someone with damage it's okay. like when you win with children of Coralus beats playing <laughs> yes <laughs> roughly the happen, same right? that, that is a that is a perfect corollary <laughs> um and last one and this is actually something i think that uh kind of is a callback this might signal infect in, in ixalan jerry uh, because they have printed the card Solemnity. So what do you think about hate card like Solemnity? I, I, I when oh, I saw you the just card, blew my mind. That's even more. Oh man, it's definitely happening. Proof. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it has nothing to do with the minus one minus one counter theme in Amonkhet. It's purely oh, no, it's a preloaded <laughs> hate card. That's what they want you to think. <laughs> you heard it here first, listeners. <laughs> Snakes no, um, live in the jungle. Snakes are poisonous. It's true. They we are. get it, Jerry. We get it, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, they're yeah, they're, like obviously the card would be very good against uh, infect in any format. Uh, that said, I, I I'm not sure that this card has enough utility in the format other than specifically hate for infect. And I think you can actually hate infect better without having to sack like other matchups so badly like like using sideboard slots or whatever for that specifically is just not just not like good enough in my opinion you could you could just as easily like run more lightning bolts and that would probably do the trick just as well <laughs> um but i mean if, if someone like manages to like break the card and and make something it, it viable and legacy with it then then yeah then my i'm gonna have to rethink everything and have to put all my k grips back in or whatever but <laughs> i um, feel like if if there was if it said planeswalkers on there i think the car would be Significantly better as a legacy like sideboard card, but not having planeswalkers on there, I think, is is a bit a big hit to it. Yeah, I think. It's, I mean, also being like three mana, three mana spells in legacy kind of have to do all of the heavy lifting to be to be like playable. Mm-hmm. Or I think, or they, or they have to do a heavy amount of lifting to be playable. And I feel like the things this does are so corner case that like you literally have to like break the break something else. Like there has to be some interaction that is like dark depths thespian stage level of powerful or it's mm-hmm. just like not probably enough right and yes you could argue that you could play this with dark depths but i i don't i don't even know if that's good enough <laughs> like <laughs> i asked i asked my friend uh tom Hep, he goes he's a uh, negator 77 on uh on magic online and he's been on the cast before as well he's a very very good uh, uh hex depths player and he's like yeah he's like i have no interest in that card whatsoever <laughs> Yeah, when 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 the people who could abuse it the most aren't interested, it, that's a pretty good indicator that, that it's going to take something really special that we didn't that we didn't immediately notice in order for this to yeah. to make an impact. Yeah, yeah, totally. But it, um, I, I would argue it is a card to watch for over you know the next X number of years. Like keep mm-hmm. this one in mind because what it does is so unique and so potentially broken that when they when when Wizards slips up and either like 
unban something or print something else that you know makes the three card like unstoppable combo this this is the kind of card that will that will do it it's just mm-hmm. i don't i don't see how it does it right now yeah so you heard it here first spec on solemnity buy up all the <laughs> copies you can <laughs> could not hurt to have a foil set i'm just yeah. saying <laughs> jerry that's your cue my friend Foil Russians. Foil Russian set. Foil Russian set. Get them now for 45 cents and profit. Sorry, Sorry I was still thinking about infect dinosaurs. Cause <laughs> it makes total sense. I mean, remember in Jurassic Park when Newman little spitting gets... dinosaur, yeah? Yeah, the little yeah. spitting dinosaur. Like, that's totally an infect creature. It oh, when Newman. he shot Newman in the eyes or yeah. whatever? Yeah, shot Newman. Yeah. Oh, man. Now that has to happen. I'm writing Mark Rosewater. <laughs> Too good of an opportunity to pass up, Mark. You got to put infect in the set. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, you know we kind of covered a lot today, Zach. Thank, first of all, thank you so much for coming on. Um, but before we get out of here, we did want to do our scoops in the top eight. And, you know, we don't do shoutouts on the cast. We do scoops in the top eight. So, is there anyone you want to scoop in the top eight this week? Um, I mean, you guys already had uh, Lincoln on the show. I would have, I, I would have <laughs> given him the shout out because he was on, he was on, um, uh, like, uh, yeah, Legacy's Allure, like. Mm-hmm couple weeks back um but since he's already been on here um i, I guess i don't need to rescoop him but <laughs> but if you haven't checked out that app or if this is like the first uh, episode of leaving legacy that you're listening to go back to that episode and listen to it and um check out that that app um he has done a bunch of great work and i think it's just awesome yeah one of the cool stories i have about the top deck app is that on day two i was playing i was playing in day two the legacy event and my friend came up to me and said hey you should download this app. It's great for pairings, and that's when I download Top Deck. Before I, we, I talked to Lincoln before we had him on the cast, so uh, it it certainly has the power of word of mouth. People really enjoy it, and I, I like I love it on my phone. So um, I actually got a notification. I think it was today or yesterday that all the new cards from the latest set are in there. So <laughs> they're uh, they're doing good work over there for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jerry, no, no, you, otherwise, man? yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Jerry, how about you, man? What do you want to scoop on the top eight this week? Uh, it's going to be a pretty packed top eight because I want to scoop in all our listeners, Pat, because oh. we got the download numbers for some of the recent uh, episodes, and mm-hmm. I cannot believe this many people listen to this this ho-dung, <laughs> ho-dung yeah, it's, cast. It's just kind of ridiculous, actually. <laughs> you people uh, should find better things to do with your time. Yeah, since <laughs> since switching over to SoundCloud, we're up to 27,000 downloads. Now, that's mm-hmm. not unique downloads, Woo-hoo! but... It's just crazy. <laughs> like, what, episodes are about two hours long? Yeah. That's so like 60,000 hours of our voices have been downloaded. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's awesome. So thanks so much for all the support, guys. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and I want to, you know, the last two weeks I, I keep forgetting to scoop in our, our Patreon donors. So I have quite a few. Our newest uh, Patreon donors, um, Heiko Lookman, Jasper Birch, Chris Semich, I think I said that right. I, I apologize if I didn't. Andrew McDougal, Mark Kubiak, and our friend Aaron Gazaniga, all new supporters on Patreon. Thank you so much for your support. Really appreciate it. And I also want to scoop you in today, Zach. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, man. It was awesome having you. Um, and, uh, you know, I hope to do this again sometime. Maybe we can do a level two deck tech at some point. Oh, yeah. I mean, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you guys for having me. And, uh, yeah, if you if you want to you wanna run it back sometime, or if you want to talk about anything else, I'm always down to blab on a, into a microphone. <laughs> awesome. Oh, we- we could, do, we could do a crossover episode, like the <gasps> Bonds. That's right. <laughs> um, so, uh, Zach, I know you have your, your, your YouTube page. Do you want to plug that here? Do you have a, Do you do any streaming? Do you, do you have anything on Facebook you want to plug? 
Yeah, so um, so the, the the podcast is is called Legacies Allure, um, and you can search iTunes for that, or you can find it on Shout Engine, uh, which is where I uh, the SR or whatever it's called SRS stream that I, I upload it to. But it's also um, a YouTube video, um, but you won't find it under under Legacies Allure. You have to search our um, username, which is MTG Training Grounds, and that's what we are on Facebook as well. Um, and the reason for that is because, like like you alluded to, we also str- I, I say we, it's um, me and some of my friends, we stream um, tournament coverage from a local monthly legacy event that I host uh, in town. Um, it's called the Alabama Legacy League. And if you check out the YouTube page, you can see like the uh, like the top eights and some of the some of them we have like you know the rounds one through five or whatever the 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 Swiss matches as well with nice. commentary and all that stuff. So. Um, you'll find all of that there uh, as well. Awesome. MTG, yeah. MTG Training Grounds. Check it out. All right. We'll definitely we'll we'll definitely put it in the notes. Um, you can find Jerry at JMEE3RD. You can find me at Pat Uglo on Twitter as well. Uh, you can find the Facebook page. Just search for Leaving Legacy. Uh, the stream is twitch.tv slash Pat Uglo. Uh, Jerry, anything you want to add there? I'm good, man. Yeah, you're not allowed Let's... to do your name anymore because you're, dra- you're dragging out, man. No, you're dragging I, out. I, killing me. I like to hear my name. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, before we get out of here, Jerry, you have a die to roll. We have the uh, the song game to play today. I do. I do. Uh, number fifteen. A D twenty. Yes. It's a big. Oh, guy. oh, didn't we? I think we already played this one, Jerry. Trap Queen <laughs> by Fetty Wap. <laughs> didn't we, we already play this? <laughs> Unless I went and posted it again. Which uh, no, okay this is with. from this is from April. Uh, I fine. You want to re? Uh, we'll, we'll, We'll do the Anyone next one. Anyone who wants to, feel free to shut us off now and just play Trap Queen. I'm okay <laughs> with you doing that. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll, we'll go to the next one because I feel like we've already played that one. All right. What was the next one? Uh, the next one is uh, from Ruben Alvarado, Mask Off by Future, which I don't know what that song is. We'll, we'll play that here. <laughs> Broadening our horizons. Sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, Zach, thanks again, man. Really appreciate yeah. you being on the cast. Thanks so much for coming on. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It was it was fun. <laughs> Jerry? I, I'm, I've never been in, in this side of it. I like this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Being the guest. You're always the host. You're always the host. Now you get to kick yeah. back and just, I mean, you, you have a lot to say about the deck, so it was great having you. It is really nice. I'll admit, I, uh, it's really nice having the questions be asked and not have to, like, keep the show moving and yeah. not get too far off topic and everything. No, I don't yeah. do that either. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you do a great job then. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, play us out with something sweet. All right, we'll do it.
how y'all drill it. Be it fine. Percocet. Yeah. Miley Percocet. Be it fine. Percocet. Yeah. Miley Percocet. Be it fine. Represent. Yeah. Gotta represent. Gang, gang. Chase a chick. Yeah. Never chase a bitch. Be it fine. Mask on. Yeah. Fuck it. Mask off. Be it fine. Mask on. Yeah. Fuck it. Mask off. Be it fine. Percocet. I drive anything, buy my rings, make them go insane. My guillotine, drink from Melzin, taking beans, go to those extremes. Let's go, let's go. Parliament, call up Mari Wednesday, in Vegas, we was in the tennis. Chase a